Blog Talk Radio. It's now time for Race Chat Live with Chris Creighton and Craig Moore. Craig Moore, how the heck are you guys? Well, we're all right. Can you hear me? Yep. I wasn't sure if I was in or not. All right. I'm in. I uh, I'm pretty good actually. I'm pretty good. I'm a little, I'm a little uh, taken aback by Keselowski wrecking Dylan going over the start finish line at the end of uh, stage two, but. You know, Kislowski said he owns that bitch, and <laughs> I think that uh, I think it's quite comical. I don't know why he didn't give him a little more room. He knew he wasn't going to reach him. Well, he knew he had a room. Dylan came up to him, but yeah, I mean, it looks like he came up a little bit, but Brad could have lifted. I just watched the video. Brad could have lifted. He was he was a solid, you know, it was a solid finish for him. Instead, he ended up taking out he ended up taking out a fast race car, and uh, Dylan but, said he owns a little bit of it. But yeah. well, now the question now the question lies: We head into Daytona, and since we're talking about Austin Dillon, if you're in Austin Dillon's shoes, are you going to wreck teammate to get into the playoffs? Would you wreck your mother to get in the playoffs? Because I would. Yeah. Take them down to me and somebody else. And I got a chance of going to the playoffs. I'm taking that. I'm hey, taking if that. you don't, if you don't, you uh, you may not have a ride. You may not have a sponsor. I mean, it is what it is. You have to, you have to put all bets aside. I mean, we're not we're not there to make we're not there to make friends. We're there to make money and win championships. And at the end of the day, that's what sponsors want to see. Or you're going to be somebody like Matt D. Benedetto looking for a ride. Ah, because you were Mr. Nice Guy. Correct. Mr. Nice Guy only works Monday through Friday. Saturday and Sunday, you need to bring out the, uh, you need to bring out the, uh, the big guns and get a win. Because W is what keeps your ass in a car. Well, <laughs> we could, we could sit here and argue about Tyler Reddick or Austin Dillon, how that's going to go, but, there's there can be an outsider that can take over that hasn't won that can take that final spot and Reddick and Nostell and get the boot. But speaking of playoffs, we had the Truck Series at Gateway though. Let me tell I you, I did second. my homework. I did my homework. Okay. Sheldon Creed the winner and moves on to the next round of the playoffs. And at the moment, we're looking at Zane Smith and Chandler Smith. 
the Smith guys under the cut line at the moment. Zane is underneath by 10 points. And eight points behind Zane is Chandler. Todd Gillen are right on the bubble. Stuart Friesen, who was on the bottom of the food chain when the playoffs started, is now a top five. Oh, yeah, who did bunk it? Now the question is, can he stay there? That's a good now, question. That's the question. Can he stay there? Can he stay consistent until the final round? Only time's uh, gonna tell. It's gonna it's gonna be tough. I mean, Darlington one essentially a one lane racetrack. You have to know how to make your passes. And Bristol I don't think Stu has a great short track history with Bristol. Could be wrong. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see how that plays out the rest of the you know, the rest of the playoffs with Stu. I mean, I, I, I'm hopeful that the guy will be, do good, and you know he's the sentimental pick every every week for me. Uh, that's that's no I think secret. He, do we not have stats in front of us? Uh, you know, I, I think that he's probably right where he needs to be. One of the hotter drivers as of late. Um, I, you know, they they got Toyota power. Uh, I think they got KBM uh, I think uh, well, sort of. I, think. <coughs> I know they got a little help with uh, KBM, if I remembered right. Yeah, they're they're aligned with Kyle Busch Motorsports, and you know that's going to help them somewhat. But is it gonna uh, is it going to be enough? I think well, make a good year, regardless for Stewie. What's that? I'm looking at. I, I think it's a make or break year, regardless. Like you know, he's uh, if he does not contend for a championship this year, then he's got to be getting to the point, Craig, where he's tired. You know, I mean, you can only run two different series all the full time. I, you know, Larson's a little bit different. Larson goes and he cherry picks what races he wants. Uh, Friesen's running for championships at right. local tracks. <laughs> you know, there's a big difference in what Kyle Larson's yeah, doing and what Friesen does. I mean, you're not wrong because Dewey, he was somehow competitive for a track championship at Fonda, came up a little short. Um, and he only missed, I think, like five races out of the deal and still was a championship contender. Uh, he's going for the big block modified uh, championship at Orange County Fair Speedway, and they're following the NASCAR playoff system, which I don't know why you're doing into a dirt track nonsense, but that's another topic, another discussion. Um, but since, we're, since somebody asked about pulling up stats, uh, Stewie at Darlington is a hit or miss. Uh, the first race he ran at, at Darlington was a start, started eighth, finished eighth. Didn't lead any laps though. And that was in, that was last year when the trucks were at Darlington earlier this year. They 
He started seventh and finished 25th, completing 131 of 147 laps. If we can try to move back to Bristol. Well, the Bristol they have here is only for the dirt. I don't want the dirt. I mean, essentially, he's going to have to, and I'm getting back to what Chris said while you're searching for that, he's going to have to eventually pick what he wants to do. That dirt is his bread and butter, but and that's where he's best at, but you can't get He didn't even do well in the, dirt, in the Bristol dirt race, though. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying running the modifieds here in New York and the uh, – He's going to have to eventually pick one of them. You can't be the greatest at both of them because you're not giving either one of them 100% of your focus. And well, I like Stu, and I, I wish him the best of luck. Chris, I think you know where I'm going with this. Sooner or later, he's got a shit or get. Pick one and come back as an attraction. I right, I mean, he made it on your truck there. But we have not seen consistently that type of driver the last three years at the racetrack. I remember, he was, two years ago, he made the playoffs, went all the way to the Final Four, I believe. But last right. year, he didn't even make the playoffs. Uh, so he actually, you know, moved backwards. I'm not sure if it's funding or... Or what, but something seems Problem. to not be working right. But I, it From seems to be over the last few races as I'm trying to uh, pull up his uh, recent stats. Because I, I think I that says more than anything. Are they, are they getting it figured out with these Toyota trucks? And well, I, I have his Bristol stats, and from what I've heard, they – Halmar Friesen wanted to go, like, their own direction, kind of, instead of following in, like, the GMS shadow, which is why they went from Chevy GMS Alliance to Toyota, kind of partnered with KBM a little bit. Uh, the, the Bristol sets, however, for Stewie, we'll go back to 2016. His first start there was a 22nd place finish. Then go to 2017, it was... 29th place finish. 2018, he finished second. 2019, he finished fourth. 2020, he finished 32nd. And then in the dirt earlier this year in Bristol, he finished 12th. But take the dirt away, again, you're, he's got two hit or miss tracks. You either, you, it's either perform or leave or leave the door. And some of the guys that are behind him at the moment, in terms of the playoff standings, I I have good hopes in Zane Smith making noise at at least Bristol. You have Austin Hill, which we've seen what he can do. He's, I kind of feel like Austin Hill's one of those silent drivers that you know he can run up front, but he's not always one you immediately talk about. Carson Hosevar, probably in the same boat as Stu. Todd Gilliland, we know he's consistent. He at least has a win this year. 
Chandler Smith, I'm waiting for something to happen with him. Still waiting. You know, I'm hoping that he, uh, getting back to Stu real quick, and then we'll we'll, uh, move on. I'm hoping that he figures it out and, you know, figures out which one's more more important. As as Chris was saying, something to the effect of uh, sponsors have money. I mean, granted, Helmar sponsors that, but how much time are they going to waste? How much money are they going to waste? If they want to keep wasting money, I got bills they can pay for me. I mean, if they want to blow money, they need to figure out if they're just uh, pissing away money or if he's going to be serious. And from a sponsor standpoint, that's something that they need to consider. And I know he's part owner of the team. And he's got money, but still... You have to you have to hemorrhage the you have to stop the hemorrhaging sooner or later. Well, I think but, uh, like I said, last this past week was promising for freezing, and uh, um, you know they've had a good top five finish at Las Vegas this year. Also at Charlotte, unfortunately, you know that'll be the Roval I guess they go to if they if they race. So I don't even I don't even think the Roval is going what was that? I'm not sure what that was. But they're not going to the Charlotte Roval. The truck schedule has um they they have, have, the, the oh, you know that the Cindy Wealth of If Canadian Tire next and then Bristol's the cutoff. Right. That's Vegas, Talladega, Martinsville for their, I guess, six or eight trucks they take. Oh, eight it is. For their round of eight. And then Phoenix to close it out. But what is that? Where are they racing at? MSP? What is that? That is Gateway, or not Gateway. Good Lord. We were just there. Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. Oh, okay, Canadian side. Why do they have them such a damn long That that doesn't play into his favor, though. Right. According to NASCAR, they're at Darlington. So I'm not sure if it's Darlington or Canadian Tire. I'm a little lost. You know, Talladega's in that mix. Uh, Martinsville, Phoenix. So according to NASCAR, they're going to Darlington... Uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. September 5th. Yep. Then September 16th, they're at Bristol for the play for the cutoff of the round of 10, which they'll go from 10 to 8. And the round of 8 is Las Vegas on September 24th, October 2nd at Talladega, and October 30th, hey, the day before Halloween, uh, at Martinsville. Then, of course, Phoenix on November 5th. If we're going to really dive deep into who do we think could be eliminated after, I mean, yeah, it's only one race, but can we just say about 
can we just talk about who could we see eliminated in this possible scenario? I mean, in my eyes, uh, I'm kind of I'm looking at Chandler Smith definitely, but that other driver I'm questioning around Carson Hosevar and Stuart Friesen, unfortunately. How about we are eliminated? Go ahead, Chris. I don't know. I guess they go from ten to eight. I mean, how many? How many is even in the playoffs? Are we already – we're cutting people off already? So, so they only take 10 in the playoffs, which they did their first playoff race at Gateway this past week, which moves Sheldon Creed into the round of eight. Right now, John Hunter leads the overall point by two over Sheldon Creed, but with Creed advancing, we already know he's locked in. So John Hunter will be next in line, Ben Rhodes, Matt Crafton, Stuart Freeze in the top five. Austin Hill, Carson Hosevar, and Todd Gilliland currently sit above the cut line, while Zane Smith and Chandler Smith bring up the bottom of the food chain. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens when we get to uh, when we get to Darlington. We'll talk about that next week when we get to Darlington. We'll dive into that, I think. We'll dive into that heavy next week and really narrow that down. Uh, possible maybe round Josh, table. How about Josh Berry, y'all? Come on now. The guy can wheel a car. I mean, he, he ran all three races this weekend. The dude, the tank. <laughs> yeah, that that shows uh, that shows some faith in uh, car owners. And sponsors because think about it that helps to be approved by the sponsors and they obviously had enough confidence in him to uh, give it the go ahead give it the green light so you know that's that says a lot about him and he, I think he's going to be I think he's going to be as you know Gillette called him I don't know what Chris like 10 years ago the young guns yeah, I I think that uh, he's going to be, I think he's going to be a young gun and, and do quite well next year. Well, I think a lot of eyes are going to be on him. The part time yeah, thirty four years old is not quite the young gun that we're used to. Sorry, Ted, uh, but uh, the, it actually goes back even further than that, uh, Craig Moore. It really starts to show our age because that was the class of Casey Kane and Ryan Newman and Kyle Busch and. Uh, all those other Gillette young gun <laughs> representatives of that time. Wow. Really starting to show our age there, Craig Mortez. Well, of course Josh Berry's going to be a contender next year. I mean, the part-time schedule he has, there's been 22 races for the Xfinity schedule so far. Of those drivers right now, the only one sitting inside the top 12 in points, and this is before playoff rankings, become a thing is Justin Haley. He has one less start and he sits in sixth in points. Now you want to go further down next in line is Michael Annette sitting 13th, only making 18 starts. Then it's Ty Gibbs of 14th, 12 starts. And of course his three wins back him up. 
Then you got Brandon Brown, who's been in all the races. Then Josh Berry in 16th in 17 starts and has a win. In all 17 starts, he has five top fives, ten top tens, and only has DNF four times, but has led 175 laps. Hey, we only got about 10 minutes before Luke joins us. Um, I just I just was scrolling through NASCAR.com, and uh, I don't know if you guys seen this or not, but we got another sports icon jumping in, throwing his hat into the ring of the Xfinity Series. Emmett Smith has partnered with a one-time guest of uh, Race Chat Live, Jesse Awuji, to form a team, a full-time Xfinity team in 2013, or I'm sorry, in 2022. I'll talk about going backwards. 2013? Wow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was looking at the video, and he was driving number 13. Holy crap. <laughs> so, um, where, but, where's the Wuji going to get all the sponsorship, so <laughs> Where's what, Taz? Where's he going to get his sponsorship, though? That's what I'm curious, because I know for a, quite a while he struggled with it. Um, I don't really know. I'm looking at the article now. But, you know, it seems to be the way, like, the way with uh, Trackhouse and, uh, um, of course, Michael Jordan, that they attract their own sponsors. Emmett Smith is one of the best running backs ever. He's from the Cowboys. He already has connections in. Yeah, just remember, Dak Prescott will make more money under his uh, because of his name and being a Dallas Cowboys quarterback than he ever will by the Dallas Cowboys. And Smith's kind of the same way. He's connected to corporate America already. So uh, that's probably a big move for Jesse Ouija and uh, a way to go – for the uh, African American community sticking together like that, I mean, you know. Oh yeah, it's, uh, definitely, definitely. And I'm not taking anything away from Jesse. He's a popular driver when you put him when he put his name into the hat. But it, it just kind of threw me off. Like, where is he going to get his sponsorship from? I mean, I hope Emmett Smith helps him out with that because I know for a while with Luigi's career and running, I think, in part time in like Arca series and stuff. He was, like, struggling with sponsorship. Yeah, you know Smith's going to help him with that, like Chris and Miss Lee just said. I mean, Emmett's a world-renowned football player, and I think it's a great I think it's a great thing. And I think that, um, you know, you're going to have these – you're going to have these guys, and they know that coming into NASCAR, they're going to have to bring sponsorship – and trust me, I'm a, uh, I can guarantee you with 100% certainty, sponsors were already lined up when Emmett called them, and they, they they showed it. He showed them his itinerary and his sponsorship package, and they of jumped course. right on. Yeah, there's no way somebody business savvy as Emmett Smith uh, would come in and make investments. This isn't the day and age of Terry Bradshaw and Dan Marino. You know, they've learned mistakes. That they've learned from those mistakes since then. You can't just come into the race and sport and dump a bunch of money of your own. You have to have you have to have other people. Hollywood, I think Planet Hollywood was the big mainstream behind uh, the Terry Bradshaw, uh, Dan Marino deal. 
and we know what happened to Planet Hollywood. So they, they kind of had the right idea, but uh, once again, they were trying to use their own money and their own sponsorship because I believe both of them own part of Planet Hollywood. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was a vent, joint venture between a lot of celebrities that, uh, that that actually was into that. And they also brought, a, I think, a banking company, maybe Bank Plus or something to that, uh, along with sponsorship. But definitely, um, I think we, Uigi is uh, making some bold moves here. Uh, hopefully he'll get him uh, maybe some of them Dale Jr. cars and go fast. No, we can only hope. We can only hope. And I, I hope can probably guarantee you that you're going to see. I guarantee you you're probably going to see a Cowboy sponsorship on there somewhere. I mean, I'm, look, I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the video, and it looks like Dallas Cowboy colors on there, and I'm sure that uh, you'll see them on the car at, Probably the kickoff of the NXL and NFL season next year. Yeah. Or at least when they go to Texas Motor Speedway. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, so Jared, just, when yeah. Daytona 500 in a, a Cowboys helmet. So it can happen. Yeah, Ms. Ms. Leeches has a very good point, and, uh, and I'll expound on it. I don't know if you guys seen it. i just seen it pop up. She said, I like Jesse knowing and stating working to improve each week, not starting out expecting wins. I think one of the biggest ballsy things that was ever said at the beginning of this season was Michael Jordan saying he expected Bubba Wallace to contend for at least a few wins and make the playoffs. Bubba needs a miracle to make the playoffs. Like, he needs to win. Three points from downtown, Taz. Reddick and Austin Dillon, the only two that can make it in on points. Everyone else is winner in. Right. Daytona's going to be a bloodbath. I think you're going to see a lot of wrecked race cars. (laughs) Conservative at Daytona. (laughs) Still 50 laps to go, right? How much much do you want to deal that Austin? that Austin Dillon and Tyler Reddick. Now, Austin Dillon can argue this one. I feel like he has more of an edge on Reddick in this case, not only as he won at Daytona, but I feel like Dillon is a better plate racer than Reddick. But I have to see where uh, how Reddick can handle the pressure. I feel like he can handle it well, but can he handle it at a super speedway? That's the That's the big question that I have for him. Uh, well, how about Eric Jones? Eric Jones stayed at RPM. Look, I, I think I sent y'all something earlier about Eric Jones at RPM. I thought at the end of the last year, for you know, when he announced his move to RPM, that uh, he would be the most sought after free agent uh, in 2021. Uh, you know, in 20 for the 2020, 2022 season. Uh, he just. Uh, announced that he's coming back to Richard Petty Motorsport. 
why does that knock on you guys? I mean, I thought, I believe that Eric Jones is a very, very talented race car driver. I believe one of my early predictions was he would win a championship. Uh, see that slowly dwindling away if he's going to continue his adventure at Richard Petty Motorsports. What, what does Eric do from here, guys? I think well, he, I he needs to he needs to he's put the forty three car in places that a lot of people haven't done in a while. I I think since Eric Amarola, in my opinion, I think if he can keep up consistent performances, he can do he can keep growing. But I think he has to really push the forty three car in that team a little bit more more than what he has done this year. He's done I think he's done exceptionally well. But I think he needs to do more if he wants to go back up the ladder again. Well how much more can he how much more can he afford to push it on the edge of wrecking race cars? I mean we we've learned that, you know, just because you're driving hard doesn't mean you're gonna you're going to do well. I mean, Danik, well, maybe she's not a good example, but she ran hard and she wrecked race cars. Um, Now, you can't afford to keep wrecking race cars by putting your car in where it doesn't belong. Now, like as to what you said, he's had a lot of great runs this year, but they weren't consistent enough because if they were, He'd be, he'd be where Denny Hamlin is, without a win, but in, the, but in. You know, why? I don't understand. Unless he was looking around and didn't see any good available rides in, and realized that he could not. His best bet was to stay at RPM, because if he would have left. That would open the door for De Benedetto to go in, and where would where Jones where would have Jones gone? Yeah, this is true. True, Miss Lee got a good one. How can he push when he's in a subpar team? Exactly. He's got a point, but I think I think RPM has a little bit more that Jones can give them. That's my thing. I think Jones can find it. Maybe another year could help. I could be wrong. Yeah, the one the one terrible side of Eric Jones is he's never been able to bring in sponsorship money, <laughs> and I think that that's uh, you know, that's been a telltale story of Eric Jones's career. Uh, but with the potential three car team by twenty three eleven, um. GMS, Kellogg Racing, uh, you would have thought that Eric Jones would have made himself more available. But, uh, I mean, it could be beneficial to his career uh, to camp out one more year over at RPM, knowing that if, you know, it, it's, a, it's a possible stable ride. Uh, but uh, it just feels like his career is stagnant at this point in time, and very rarely do we see him rebound into championship caliber drivers after going through the 
threshold such as what Eric Jones has gone through. Yeah, I uh, it'll definitely be interesting. I don't think that Eric Jones in in an RPM car for another year, as Miss Lee said, in subpar equipment is uh, going to make him make him any better. It looks like our guest is in, guys. I'm going to plug him in. Uh, y'all give y'all the set here to do the interview. Luke Rakowski. Welcome back What's to our Race Chat Live. What's going on, guys? Well, you know, we're just, we're just debating on uh, maybe Eric Jones should go race in, in your series. Oh, um, for sure. He uh, by all means, come on down. I mean, he might have a little, he's gonna have a little he's gonna have a little stiff competition there with the Rakowski clan, but you know. Well, you know, we we try, we do our best, and uh, we let it the chips fall where they lay. So. That's right. That's right. So, uh, what's new and exciting in the world of uh, in the world of Luke and the Motor Tire Predator Group? Ah, uh, we're just. Uh, I don't know, we're just, just, you know, moving right along with the season, and, um, you know, it's a good racing so far, so we're uh, we're pretty happy with it. What um, What is going on? What's, what are updates? Tell us, you know, things that you've learned this year uh, that were different from, obviously, last year with the, with the uh, pandemic, but what did you learn this year? versus last year that you're going to move into 2022? I mean, obviously, we learn something new at every at every. Uh... Yeah. Um, I I learned that uh, the big thing this year is that I don't like day racing. Um, I really, uh, night racing is a lot better for a lot of reasons. And, um, you know, I, I've, We've been uh, very fortunate to be at some tracks with some guys who do a do a pretty good job at running them. Um, but I, I, this year is kind of more brought into focus that I, I really need to, to own my own racetrack. I need to promote my own dirt track. Um, it would it would be awesome to do so, and it would give me a lot of uh, a lot of flexibility and capability to do things that I would like to do to uh, help grow racing in this area and grow the class and stuff like that. So, Awesome. Luke or uh, Taz? Well, I think Luke kind of nailed it. He's he's always talked about wanting to run his own track and such like that, and I know Luke's got a couple of big end-of-the-season hitters. Uh, well, I know he's got that he's going to be running, but there's a third one. He's it's kind of a collaboration in a way, but we're going to see how the collaboration goes, and Luke can get more into detail on that because he's got more detail than I probably do on that. But we know that the two big bangers at the end. One I can say, the other one I'll I'll kind of let Luke announce the two uh, ones he's got. Um, one's going to be the annual Ron Bachman Memorial we had. The first one was two years ago, and uh, fortunately with the COVID nonsense we had last year, uh, didn't really get to that, get to do that. 
So this year will be our second annual and be a lot of money on the line. Uh, Luke knows the payout structure for that. Um, Luke, if you want to go into more detail with that. Uh, yeah, we got uh, lap sponsors. Um, we got 500 to win plus second, third, and fourth in the mowers. I'm working on getting the purse up up for the the adult um, uh, mower tire guys. Right now it's at it's at 100 to win, but I think I'm going to um, I'm going to bump that up to I think I'm going to do 250 and then pay out second and third. So um, you know we're going to put some money out there for these guys and uh, and and try to get some uh, you know just just get some good talent on the track and put a good race. Uh, on in, in memory of a, a really solid guy who was one of the original uh, original um, you know founders members and persons involved in more racing in the area up here. Now, what's what's this about uh, more type predator could possibly expand out of the five one eight area? Um, for racing well, deal. Uh, yeah, um I'm I've been talking with um uh Brian and Brandon who uh run um uh Champion Speedway in Action Park, uh, a little about south southwest of us. Um they do a a thing similar to what we do um and uh with predators and flat carts and, and you know, inexpensive way to get into into the sport. Um and so we, I've been talking to him, to those guys, about possibly doing something next year. We're actually going down to Champion uh, September 25th. We're bringing our show on the road, and we're going to go down there. Um, and uh, we are going to put on an event. We run an event a race down there along with the uh, New York Champ Cart Series. And Brian is throwing in some other classes as well to get a full Saturday show out of it. So we get to see... Um, we get to see how they do things. They get to see how we do things. And I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to come be able to come to some middle ground on the rules that will allow um, LS to all work together to expand, uh, you know, kind of what they do up here and to allow us to be able to have, um, you know, go, go down there and, and, you know, work together with them. So I'm excited. We'll see how that goes. For for the sponsorships, who do you got for sponsors for the Boxing Memorial? How can they get a hold of you? Um, what kind of things are available? All right, I'm gonna have to bring up my <laughs> my information because we have a lot of like we did before and, and like I, I have in this season. There's a lot of people that have that I'm so thankful to have come on board to to help us out and to pr- provide, um, you know, some, some incentive for the racers. And, uh, and so we're, we're excited about that. Give me a second here, Tez. Um, what do you, Tez, what are you looking forward to for the Ron Bachman this year? What do you think? since we're kind of in well, on it together. Talk to me. Um, for the Ron Bachman this year, in my opinion, um, 
I'm hoping that we get more of the more tire guys to come out. We've mm-hmm. been averaging anywhere between, I would say, four to seven carts um, for every race so far. I'm hoping that we can keep within the average of probably six to eight. Could do like two, possibly, you know, split two heat races and yep. whatnot. Um, but I'm hoping we get we get a few more that come out and just. Now I know a lot of people will look at it as you know money on the line. Let's be competitive. But I kind of hope that the overall factor is they come out and enjoy themselves, um, not only for their own being, but realize that there is kind of a cause at hand. Yeah. I'm being that money's going towards the boxing family. Yep. So. So I I I have uh, let's see here we have uh, we have let's see the LePayo is as follows we got 40 laps for the mower modified 500 to win 250 for second 125 for third and uh, 50 for fourth and the $50 for fourth is presented by the your the new your way cafe down in uh, Schoharie. Um the adult mower tires are 35 laps they're 100 to win right now but I'm gonna up that. Um, there's a $61 hard charger board for both classes, and that's a collab between you and uh, and Craig, right, Taz? The 61 was originally me, and Craig added $13 to both. Okay. So um, 61 so that, plus so that, 13. So we got we got 74 for hard charger yep. for both. Um, and then we have so the, we have the, our sponsors, our partners, the, the people who are helping us out. We have Herrick Racing, More to Music Entertainment and Karaoke, TNT Motorsports Network, Amanda's Sensical Sense, the New Your Way Cafe, Phoenix Risen Holsteins, TG Photography, MCB Property Management and Maintenance, and BCR Race Products. Um, and they've helped out with purses and uh, also our lap sponsorships. Now, the lab sponsorships, anybody can don't, anybody that wants to look into it can do, as, as long as it's at least $5, they can do as, as much as they please, right? Yeah, yeah. They, I set the, the, the lab sponsorship um, at $5 minimum, um, but they can do whatever they want to do or, um, you know, whatever they, and if you want to help and you want to get your name out there, you want to help sponsor the event, um you know, if I have a place for you and you can you can help out, doesn't matter what it is. Um, so, absolutely, we welcome it. Lab sponsors, anything, bring it on. Sweet. So, knowing from what you did two years ago to try to promote, what are you looking forward to this time around of how to make Round Box and Memorial? a bigger event than it was two years ago, being that it started on a high note? Um, well, I, I think, I think we're just going to, we're going to continue with the same formula that we had with the focus being, um, you know, in, in memory of Ron. And that's, and that is our, that's the main driving force behind why we do that. Um, you know, this year I got, I got a, awesome singer coming in to sing the national anthem 
Uh, Jenna Sue, she's locally fantastic singer. She's going to come sing the national anthem for us. Check her out on Facebook. Um, and uh, so that's just one of the things. Um, and just I just think it's just it's just keeping it in memory of Ron, making sure everyone has a good time, and just making sure that the racing is really good on the track. Um, and uh, just build build upon that. It's it's around the racing about the racers and it's about Ron. And as long as we keep it at those, you know, the focus on those two, um, you know, cause without the racers, we can't do the Murnbachman Memorial, um, you know, and that's why we do it to honor Ron. And, and so we keep the focus on Ron. We keep the focus on the racers and get good incentive for the racers to come out and, and keep our whole mindset during the course of the day that, you know, this is about Ron. And, uh, I think, I think we'll have, uh, We'll be good. We'll have the equal amount of success that we did in the first year. And so we got the collaboration of champion out of the way. We any uh, we got the Ron Bachman Memorial. We hear something about the Halloween Havoc race. <laughs> what do we got going there? All right. So I'm kind of a crazy guy so if anyone's heard me talk before and the guys you guys on the show know that i have a track at the house that i put together that i the kids run on they practice on well i was like i've been thinking in my head about some way to have a race at the track just because it'd be fun so i thought i'd doing uh come up with um uh, halloween havoc on uh october 30th we'll do a halloween havoc race at the track at the house the twist is is that we're gonna um, we're gonna charge ten dollars an entry for the racers. Um, we're gonna do uh, you know we're gonna do grill and food and all that stuff, and you know kind of have a family friendly, you know, laid back you know competitive but laid back sort of racing event. But all the proceeds are gonna go towards a crossroads center for children out here locally. I had the idea from uh, Matt Kelly uh, Racing, and they're doing their their um, racing for. Uh, autism awareness and I thought that was cool and they're they're having their race to benefit the Crossroads Center and I said you know I really like the Kellys I think they're wonderful people um I think that what you know I can something that we can get behind um and help them out and and promote that so so we're going to do that we'll have the race at the house we'll have a big party and everything that we get in will go towards uh their Crossroads Center for Children Awesome. Now, besides besides the memorial, um, if anyone wants to donate to this event for the autism awareness, how can they reach out? How would they have to contact you for any uh, money? Yeah, deals? You'll, you'll tell them I, who. Yeah, I think the the easiest way to to, to reach me is. Um, is just call me, really. Um, you can hit, you can reach me at uh, 518-441-9251. You can just call me, um, and then uh, if I don't pick up, just uh, leave me a voicemail. I'll call you back. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, and then, you know, if you want to, with the Ron Bachman uh, Memorial, you want to be involved with the Halloween Havoc, um, you want to... I get more information on the more tire predator and what we're doing with the mowers and stuff up here at Dodge city. 
um, you want to get involved with that, whatever you need, um, you know, just give me a call, shoot me a text, and uh, we'll work something out, get you some info. Luke, what time is the uh, October 30th Halloween Havoc? Uh, that is, um, I'm not sure yet, um, because I need to check weather and stuff. I think we're going to do a, a, I think it's going to be just so we can get over because it's before it's dark. I think it's going to be like an early afternoon type deal. Um, but I, I'm not sure yet. I'm going to, I'll know more probably the 1st of October once we get down out of September and I get done with uh, the Ron Bachman's October 2nd, that's our last race. And once I get through that, I can, um, I'll have a better idea of, you know, the daylight and the weather patterns and all that stuff and how we're going to do that. But I think it's probably going to be an early afternoon thing just so we can race and then, you know, have dinner and stuff and, you know, just kind of hang out afterwards. So everyone's not here super, super late. Okay. All right. I'm just trying to, I'm looking at my schedule right now. Yeah. Um, because if it's or I have an event that night, but if it's yep. early afternoon, I can bring the equipment and we can do uh, uh, play by play. What time? What uh, what time's your event? My event is at eight o'clock, which means I need to be there at six in order okay. to set up for that. So, um, and that you know, that's in uh, Amsterdam. So. Okay, Actually, so you'd have to leave here probably like five. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I was. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll plan on doing it um, early afternoon then, because like I said, it's probably going to get dark early anyway. Come October. Yeah. Soon, so. Yeah, I was just thinking it would be pretty cool to. I mean, well, obviously we'll play music. I'll get there in the morning, and then uh, when it's race time, then we'll. We'll do uh, we'll do play-by-play. Uh, play. Yep. I'm going to uh, – what I'm going to do here shortly for that is I'm going to create the event um, so people can pre-register so I have an idea of how many people are going to actually be here. And then that also helps to plan timing and stuff too. But um, Right. Yeah. So – And we um, can uh, – Taz can do it up on his uh, – on the TNT Motorsports YouTube page and – no. Yeah, yeah, it will be uh, should be a good time. So we won't have we won't have the expertise of Mr. Chris Creighton calling calling the action, but uh, you know I'm sure me and whoever else, maybe we get your dad to call it. Oh, there you go, there you go. That's a good idea. He'd be like uh, this, and this guy over here doesn't know how to drive. Look at he should use his brakes really. But <laughs> <laughs> well, hold up now. I mean, I'm sure somebody has a freak with flyer miles they could throw in. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, it, it's not me because I don't fly anywhere. So, um, I, you're out of luck there with, with with me. So, but yeah, so that's what we got going on. Got the Ron Bachman. Got the thing at Champion, which I'm excited about. Just excited about the way the season's going. It's uh, it's um, like I said before when I was on with you guys. It's kind of kind of taking a little bit of a step back um, uh, from where we were last season, but it's just another learning opportunity and, and um, where we have some, some cool things in the works already that we're thinking about for next year. So um, it should be, uh, I, I 
it, it will will it'll be better next year. It'll be a lot better next year too. So, um, but the sport is fluid. It's always changing. Got to try to stay ahead of the curve. What? Uh, I, I like this. I'm still stuck on this October 30th event. I mean, the Ron Bachman is is awesome too, and I think I think that there's a lot to build on and a lot that you learned on from the first one. Obviously, the second one didn't happen because of of uh, COVID-19. I hope I did Chris's imitation well, but COVID-19. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to the second one. I play. That's October second, if I remember correctly, right? Yes, yes, sir. All right. Don't yes, call sir. me sir. I work for a living. Jeez. All right. Um, yes, Craig. There you go, buddy. There you go. <laughs> um, what? Uh, what time is that starting? Give everybody the details on that. On the Rob Bachman. Yeah. What? How can they register and? How can they get tickets to see it ahead um, of time to reserve their tickets? Uh, well, you can just show up and get in at, at the, the the day of the event at Dodge City Speedway over in Cobleskill or House Cave. Um, now, I am that race. Um, I, I'm going to see if maybe we can't run that under the lights, but I'm not certain of that yet. That's going to depend upon Paul. And uh, what he thinks about running that, you know, running at night there in October. If not, it's going to be, it's going to be probably, you know, our usual start time, like four o'clock, um, down there. So we'll uh, see. Yeah, I think under the lights would be pretty cool. I think it would be cool too. It, it's a matter of, um, and and by that I think you know we're just on the. The backside of September, just getting in October when you know it don't believe it'd be too too really chilly for everybody, so um well uh i'm gonna that's what I'm gonna try to do you know season finale championship night, all rolled barn Bachman championship night, trophies on the line, points titles on the line, all rolled in the one we gotta run that thing at night, man, gotta run that thing at night, lots of laps, points, everything woo, let's go, Rick Flair, woo. <laughs> yeah, that's about what he sounds like now. Woo! <laughs> Woo! All right. So, so I will tell you this, Luke. Um, Race Chat Live is going to put up thirty dollars. Um, you figure out what laps you wanted on, what laps you guys needed on. Put it All on right. five dollars. Or whatever you want to do, if that sounds good, Chris. Um, that way, six of those laps are covered. And and, uh, and we have talked of the One Ten Nation also adding in to that as well. All right. Hey, so I listen. Gonna... I welcome anybody that to help me as long as I got money in my hand before the morning of the race. So. Cash <laughs> app. Cash yeah, buddy. Cash yeah, there you Venmo. Go. This works amazing. Yeah, I got PayPal. I got Venmo. I got do I have Cash App? I don't know. Anyway, <clears throat> if you're gonna, if someone's gonna send me money, I'll find them a way to make sure that they get me money for this thing. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. Cash App. 
Listen, it's it's again, it's all it's all about the it's all about the racers. I mean, Champion is about working with other tracks and trying to get a good thing, you know, trying to ensure racing continues to grow in the this area. You know, the Ron Bachman's about in memory of Ron and and you know people understand that and then the Halloween Havoc's just about the you know, raising funds for the crossroads center. This is you know, I, I enjoy to do this. This is not it's not about you know, it's not about it's nothing to do with me. I just enjoy putting the the events on and helping people out if I can and trying to you know, do the best I can to get people out for good causes and reward the racers for uh for you know supporting uh what we do so that's that's what it boils down to well that's and that's what it is making uh raising funds for a much needed organization and and that's super important important i can't talk tonight super important not only for you but for me and i know chris and and Taz are all about community and helping people when needed. So, and I'm pretty yeah, much, that's I'm what sure we're here for, man. I'm pretty sure I can speak for Miss Lee and, and Jason as well, even though he's on his way to bed. Chris, you were saying? What are the point series, uh, Luke, in the in – your series. What are the points shaping up like? Oh man. Um, well, we get the we get the regular season points, um, and we have uh, the fast forward series uh, that Taz uh, brought on board this year, um, which is really cool. Little four four mini series within the uh, within the series, within the regular points championship. Um, the points are tight. There, the points are pretty tight. So, I will. Um, Taz is kind of transferring over into more of my PR guy to help me out, and he's doing a great job. So guess what? I'm going to let him talk about how tight the points are. <laughs> Yippee. Because uh, I guarantee you he's got it right at his fingertips. I mean, I'm out here on the deck and just enjoying talking to you fellas, and he's uh, he's my right-hand man in a lot of ways, and I guarantee you he's got it there. And uh, it's Remember, guys, you are only as good as the people you surround yourself with. And I'm, I – very lucky to have Taz next to me. I think I have. I think you you may have installed a camera in my house somewhere. I might have to find it. <laughs> well, uh, in the regular season points, we have Tirza leading JL. Although JL's been winning all of the races but one. Uh, the one event that JL didn't win, she didn't start. So, unfortunately, being the, those have been the only two that have been racing, the novice, more predator uh, class. It kind of hurt JL in a way, but she, she's she's recovering. But in terms of points, you know, but at the same time, those two have been putting on a, have been putting on a good show the last couple of races. Uh, Tears is learning better of cart of control and their speed and that's essentially what we're trying to focus on in the novice class is not so much of uh wins and points it's just a matter of getting seat time and getting used to being behind the wheel so tears of the lead 
No, go ahead. What's the? No, I was gonna say, but they, they, the more those two ladies, my two youngest daughters, in case those listening didn't know, um, are getting way more comfortable in the carts, and they are starting to really, really get after it with each other. They really want to beat each other out there. <laughs> and how does that transfer to home? Um. Well, I mean, they're they're, they're competitive in pretty much anything, really, <laughs> but. Um, Tirza, Tirza is is just she's she's just there's a reason why the wild child is on the side of her cart. Um, so we're just gonna leave that at that. So she's a cutie, but she's just you know she's they try to beat each other out here. They do races around the track. They it's it's uh it's good. It's good good competition. That's good. Competition is healthy. What about the adult uh the adult mower tires test? Uh well to finish with the novice because we're heading into the fast forward series. So tiers the leads JL by fifteen in regular season and the fast forward it's a fourteen point gap. Um both of those girls in the fast forward each have a win, so we're gonna find out who's gonna break that tiebreaker this Ooh. weekend. Uh in the adult side, um Young Money, Aaron Rakowski, is leading the points. He struggled a bit in the early portion of the season, but the last five races we've had, he's he's on a hot streak. He's walked away with a victory in those, uh, two of them being in the past uh, races. So he's two for two in that and won the last five. Um, question's going to be, is there anybody that can stop his hot streak or will he can let it continue to go? So Aaron leads the points for the regular season with 341. Tanner Bean. Uh, sitting in second with 329. Ava's in third with 318. James Carroll in fourth with 181. And uh, James Dad Terry rounds up the top five with 104 points. Uh, then we have a couple of fill-in drivers there. Uh, Terry Carroll to substitute uh, in the 17 cart. Uh, I don't know. He sits in sixth with 85. Then Jesse Fassett, seventh with 76. Matt Kelly, who ran with us for a race, uh, 28 points and eight. And Mr. Promoter tried getting out for a couple races, but uh, he hasn't made it out for a feature. So he's only got the big old 10 points. Um, but in the fast forward side of things, Aaron being two for two, so he's a perfect 40 points. And we have a tie for second between Ooh. James and Tanner, uh, 30 points each. And we have a tie for fourth between Terry and Ava with 26 points. So while Aaron's two for two, we have a tie for second and third and a tie for fourth and fifth. And then Matt Kelly with 10 points and Mr. Luke with the bottom of the food chain with three points. <laughs> moving, over, moving over to the more modified, our mysterious driver of the Sieg has 300 points. Larry Breckenridge Jr., who's been on a chair the last couple of races, he's getting faster and faster. Uh, sits second, 20 points back in the regular season. Harry Bull sits in third with 140. Then it's Draven Farnham in fourth with 81. Dustin Chapman running out the top five with 80. Tom Diamond and John Proper tie for sixth and seventh with 72 points. Uh, James Carroll and Scott Sitterly tied for 8th and ninth with 45, and Harley Shepard rounds out the 
more modified field for the regular season. And then in the fast-forward series, this is where the, the line of, in order to finish first, you must first finish, comes into play. Because Draven Farnham, in both of his races, has done enough to finish the race that he is the current point leader without a win so far. In the fast-forward, more modified series, he's got 30 points with a point lead. Larry, who won the second round, uh, has 23 points. Our mysterious driver, the Steve, who uh, came up for the first round but missed the second round, sits in third with 20. Then is James Carroll in fourth with 17. John Proper, the top five with 15. Scott Sitterly is also tied with Proper with 15 points. So we have a we have point battles and some ties in there to break. Well, I I, I got to tell you, it it um, it's paramount that you unload with a fast hot rod and you've done your work during the week because if you, you know, it's getting to the end of the season and these races are really going to start to matter for points for these guys and, um, you know, DNFs or if you don't, you know, you break or so it's, it could be costly as you get closer to the end of the year to, um, you know, we only got about a month, month left in the season and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be important to, uh, to, to, race well and finish finish strong here. So I'm excited for the rest of the season. Greg and Chris, any final thoughts? No, I'm super excited to learn all the details on the Halloween Havoc thing. Looking forward to the Ron Bachman uh, Memorial on October 2nd. And, you know, it's going to be, It's uh, I'm very happy to, uh, help Luke out and, and this series anyway, any way possible. I mean, it's, it's a great idea and it's a great series and I will get, uh, I will get to a race hopefully before the Ron Bachman. Well, you let me know when you're in. So. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So no, I don't have any more. Chris, what about you? Oh, no, man. Just good luck, Luke, and uh, glad to have you on the show again, man. Hey, thanks, Chris and, and uh, Paz and uh, Craig. I, I appreciate you guys having me on. As always, it's uh, it's fun. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All, All right, right, Luke. Well, we'll... All right, guys. Listen, listen. I'll, ca- I'll catch you. I will, uh, I will catch you later. By the way, um, um, like I said, you know, anyone wants to reach out to me, you can email me, RakoskiFamilyRacing at gmail dot com five one eight four four one nine two five one Rakowski Family Racing on Facebook Ron Bachman Memorial Race on Facebook and um just check those out and uh the mower tire uh group if you look up for the mower tire predator it should come up in groups get in on that we're gonna transfer that stuff over to a Facebook page here pretty soon to make it easier for everybody. Um so yeah there you go there's the details Thanks again, guys, for having me on. I appreciate it. You guys do a great job. All right, brother. Thank you very much. Catch you later. Bye-bye. All right. It was Luke Rakowski from the Motor Tire Predator Group. And uh, what do we have? Are uh, are we still doing that segment? I mean, Taz, you're going to do your segment, but I don't know if there's much to do with the rain this weekend, is there? 
I believe Utica Rome, Rome and Albany Saratoga Ranch and everybody else kind of got the the crap end of the six in terms of uh, weather from this past weekend up here. Uh, quickly over Utica Rome, uh, Annie Bacchetti and a big old drought, windless drought that is, for him, he took the win last this past Friday at Unicron Speedway for the Sunoco Modified. He has finished outside the top five just twice in the 11 events event ran, and this is the first time he visited victory lane in 2007 at Unicron. So, a long winless drought for the track for the wild child, Andy Bichetti. Uh, behind him was Willie Decker, Jessica Friesen, the podium, Brian Gleason, fourth, Tim Fuller, the top five. In the Crate 602 Sportsman, Matt Janzik with the win. Will Shields, second, Brian Calabrese, the podium, Alan Hodge and A.J. Miller, the top five. In the CRSA 305 Sprint Cars, as we had a guest that's a part of that series from last week, Mr. Josh Flint. He was in that race as well. Kyle Pierce was the winner. Ray Preston second. Jeff Trombley third. Bobby Perro fourth. Dalton Herrick fifth. Jerry Stain in sixth. Jordan Hutton seventh. Josh Flint eighth. Trevor Years ninth. And Billy Van Inwagen the top ten. Pro Stock, Nick Stone with the win over Bo Ballard. Jason Morrison in the podium. Jay Corbin and Travis Welch rounded out the top five. In the four-cylinder division, it was Justin Pope and T.J. Marlette taking home the dual overhead cam and single overhead cam wins. And in the limited oh, four, T.J. Marlette finally won something? What's that? You mean T.J. Marlette finally won something? Yeah. Holy cow. In the limited sportsman, uh, you got David Hackett Jr. with the win over Tyler Lawrence, Lance Hill, the top three, Ernie Salen and Jeremy Slovic, the top five. Albany Saratoga Speedway, I believe they did run. I believe Lebanon Valley ran too, I'm not fully sure, on Saturday night. But Albany Saratoga did run, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was R.J. Ronnie Johnson picking up the Friday night victory in the modified division. And, yes, it was. It was Ronnie Johnson, the winner over the Batman, Peter Britton in second, Bobby Hackle the fourth and third, Jesse Mueller fourth, and the Ginger Ninja, Jack Laner, the top five. In the sportsman division, it was Daryl Nutting, the winner, Dick Bisson in second, Pat Jones third, Brock, Bam Bam, Brock Pinkeris finishes in fourth, and Elliot Lucier rounds out the top five. In the pro stocks, it's Scott Tosley, the winner, Jordan Modiano in second, Jason Casey third, Shane Henderson fourth, and Chad Destio, the top five. In the limited sportsman, it was Chris Bisson, the winner, Chris Crane Jr. in second, Dakota Green third, Scott Bennett fourth, and Bryce Friel rounded out the top five. In the street stocks, it was Mike Arnold with the win over Jeff Meltz, Caleb Shepard, L. Relier, and Matt Mosher, the top five. In the fourth cylinder, it was Jackson Ryan, the winner, over David Frame, Damian Ward, and Robert Garney, 
and John Shepard, the top five over there. And as we mentioned earlier, the Moor Tire Group is racing this Saturday, round three of the Fast Forward Series, happening at Dodge City Speedway. And we also have the second round of the New York Champ Kart Series racing at Dodge City Speedway this Friday night. Um, it would be, I believe, the third or fourth round of the series, but due to a couple of conflicts, we've lost a couple of races. I know one of them we lost due to weather. The other one was because of schedule conflicts that happened towards uh, race day. So, unfortunately, we have so the New York Champ Kart Series has Dodge City Speedway coming up this Friday. Uh, as mentioned earlier as well, running at Champion Speedway on September 25th with the more Predator Group. And also working on a rescheduled date for the for at least so the series can get four races in. But other than that, that's pretty much it for the Northeast local wrap up. Uh, not sure if anything much happened down south. Other than the short track super series Cajun region. Yeah, well, I mean my track in itself is uh, not doing anything until October, of course. There's still racing going on. Uh, Hattiesburg Speedway uh, was closed this past weekend due to some health concerns. Um, and uh, let's see, uh, I believe Pike County and Outlaw Speedway both have some pretty big race. Burns Memorial is coming up at Hattiesburg Speedway, I believe. It may be this weekend. Uh, we'll have to check and see if that's rescheduled or if they they uh, they'll if they will be uh, racing uh, this Friday night. But, uh, yeah, the season's kind of winding down. We'll have some updates with uh, Jackson and, and some of those other tracks on the Southern Dirt Track Report this Thursday night. Uh, but uh, as for most of our stuff, it is uh, it is over. But the fat lady hasn't sung yet, so however that works. But uh, so uh, we do have a fan question. We'll move right on into that. Um our question this week comes from Miss Rebecca, and she wants to know. Uh, first of all, she is a proud sponsor of the Luke Rakowski, uh race. Uh, she sent that to me. Questions for the beginners. It's a simple one, but one worth explaining to a newbie. Are there more flags than the caution and checkered? If so, what do they mean? Well, of course, we've seen the white flag, and that one. Uh, that one's kind of a, a mister there, Miss Rebecca, but uh, yes, we have several flags, and I've posted their meanings and the flag colors to Race Chat Live, but hey, we'll go ahead and go over it right now. There's the green flag. That's the start of the race, or the restarts. We get the green flag when it's time hey, to race. We've got the yellow flag. The yellow flag comes out when there's debris, or when there is a visible wreck, or possibly weather. Cautions also come out. Uh, for mandatory cautions, that's like when they're not qualified and they have a mandatory caution, the yellow flag is displayed. Black flag. We have a guy uh, that we call Black Flag Billy Walker, and uh, it's because he uh, does a lot of things that get them black flags. Now, here's one that you probably didn't know, Taz and Craig. There is what they call a meatball flag. Any of you guys heard of the meatball flag? No, this should be interesting. Okay, right, I'm, a flag, I'm a flagger, and I don't know it. 
Shockley. An informed driver that something mechanical may be wrong with his or her car, losing oil, smoking, loose parts, or bodywork, displayed at start and station 8, exit track ASAP, interfit lane. So the meatball flag is a is a Japanese flag, but it's black with the red oh, center. Yep, I know what you're talking about now. All right, so the white flag comes out, of course. That is at the end of the stages with one lap to go, and it's also used at the end of the race with one lap to go. One that you'll see common in dirt track racing is called the passing flag, or a.k.a., as the uh, Southerners know it, as it's the courtesy flag. It's the move the hell out of my way flag. It means that the leaders are coming. Get out of the freaking lane. Stop holding up traffic. But any real crew chief will tell you, son, you know, once you go a lap down in dirt track racing, your race is over. So fight, fight, fight. Don't give up that spot. So, you know, it kind of goes either way. Then you have the debris flag. That is a red and a yellow flag. This is commonly seen in Formula One. Well, or a Trans Am series where they have a certain caution and the uh, uh, a certain side of the course, and they don't go full uh, caution flag. But if something has changed course or conditions, water, mud, oil, race car, debris, etc., wet or fouled race course, usually displayed for two or three laps in local area of debris until all competitors are aware. We also have the red flag that that comes out when, uh, say, we have uh, snow drops falling on the racetrack. Or we have somebody who wrecked really hard, so to speak, like uh, Juan Pablo Montoya blowing up the jet dryer. Checkered flag. We know that flag. Boy, that's the end of the race. It also means winner, winner, chicken, freaking dinner. And then there's the fire extinguisher. That's not an actual flag, but for some reason it's just displayed here. Now, I do want to tell you something else. You see the white flag and the yellow flag displayed with two sticks in the air. Two sticks in the air. That means it's two to go. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but maybe you have. And also the yellow and white, when they're cross flags, that means it's halfway. So just a little uh, flaggers uh, uh, talk and uh, task. Do you have anything for that? Well, that was a good question. I will say that. That was that – was, uh... That honestly was a really good question, Miss Rebecca. Well, as Chris said, in terms of flagging, the one thing about a flagger standpoint is that it's more than just waving colored cloth on sticks. Um, it, you you have to look at it and know what you're doing. And obviously, in dirt track racing, you'll see. Um, a flagger hold up the yellow flag in one hand, uh, sticking up in the air, and they'll wave the white flag. That usually means one to go before green. Um, you'll have that in there. Uh, you can, you don't essentially have to use white and yellow for a two to go. You can use uh, white and checker. Um, but it, you cannot. But for me personally. Uh, depends on the race. I usually hold the blue flag and yellow flag in my hand. Most cases, the yellow flag never really leaves my hand, unless in certain cases. Um, you also see the flagman give out hand signals sometimes. Um, what that kind of means is usually how many laps you have left to go. 
Um, if you see the flagger give out uh, kind of a double wave with all fingers out, that uh, usually signals 10 laps to go. Obviously, if you're waving at the driver, um, holding out all five fingers and just one hand, that means five laps to go. Um, cautions, you have you just have to play by ear. Um, obviously, if a car just spins out, you, you can't always expect yell to come out. You have to kind of uh, understand the situation that happens. Um, and it just depends on where the caution is and where the leaders are, if it's on the racing surface, if it's not. Um, the one thing that I can kind of go over quick, uh, one person, one flagger in mind that is amazing to look for is the 10 commandments of flagging. Now, Joe Chris, for those who don't know, is the flagger of the Short Track Super Series here in the Northeast and at Fonda Speedway. And he has his own Ten Commandments. Uh, you Essentially, you should never have, and here's his Ten Commandments. Number one, thou shalt never let the yellow flag stray far from hand. So if you're not holding the yellow flag, you better have it close by and very within reach. Second one, thou shalt not, thou shalt always remember that the lights and the flags are under the controls, which means the flagger should always have control of what flags he's waving, what flags he has in hand, what lights are turned on or turned off. The third one is thou shalt remember the start and restart points. Keep them holy and sacred and swiftly warn and discipline those who dare violate them. If you notice, um, a lot of racetracks, and you'll notice in NASCAR, too, how in certain points of the track you see this, what they call the Sunoco start zone or start-restart zone, depending on what track you go to. There is a certain point a lot of tracks have that can say, this is your initial start point. And then they'll also, they may have a restart point that's in that's within like about 50 foot range from the initial start point or some tracks they may have the same exact start and restart point so once the leader hits that essentially essentially you can fire but if somebody were to jump the start per se though so that would mean if you go um if you go before you hit your start or restart point, the flagger would initially let the cars go, but essentially immediately immediately would throw the yellow out. But what I mean by that is that you don't want to have everybody go all at once and throw the yellow while everybody's coming charging and slicing dicing because at that point you're asking for an accident. What you want to do is let them go for a bit and then immediately switch the lights and throw your yellow flag out. The kind and you'll have to do your restarts and penalize whoever jumps and so so on and so forth. Number four, thou shalt always remember that thou art part of the show too. So style it up a bit. Flags can also be pointed, wound, world, world, and all that good stuff. And 
correlation to that. Hands may also be used to point or direct if a flag is not available or the urgency of the situation dictates. So flaggers can have this animation detail. You'll see them do fancy things with the flags, but as long as they know what the flagger's doing and drivers kind of understand the signal that the flaggers are giving out, that's all that really matters. The flaggers like to be animated to kind of have their own their own fun and kind of attract people and also kids who maybe want to become flaggers one day that also flag in the stand kind of, you know, look up to somebody and be like, hey, I want to be like that guy, you know. Uh, command number five is thou shall always be clear and definitive when motioning and or communicating to other officials and the drivers. So as a flagger, you're essentially kind of, one of the head honchos of race control. So you want to always want to watch the track. And when you make a call, you have to stick to it and you have to talk to your officials about the call. So you can see your point of view, but you also want to talk to your officials who may be closer to that and get their point of view. And everyone has to be on the same page when it comes to a call, essentially. Number six, thou shall remain most vigilant during warm-ups and hot laps, as this is when mostly anything can happen and usually does. Warm-ups, hot laps is kind of like a practice deal. Um, you just, it's not really a race, but of course anything can happen because drivers may have a certain setup that they never tried before. They might have done something to the car differently than usual, so... You have to keep watch of everything going on. Number seven, thou shall learn to count laps with keeping track of the leader. In correlation to that, never lose the leader at any cost. So you better know who the leader is at all times. And it's better to keep track of laps and count them to yourself and know what lap you are on. Yes, you can rely on a lap ticker but better if a flagger knows it. Number eight is thou shalt remember that flagging is a thankless job and thou had better love doing it before even considering putting flags in your hands. Thou will likely be called every name known to man and given every rude gesture known to man and some not yet known and maybe even swerved with a race, swerved at with a race car. It's all part of the game and heat of the moment can bring out the worst in a driver. Stay above it, stick in thine skin, and flag on wayward, son. Number nine, if thou makest a call, better be prepared to defend it. In correlation to that, if thou did not make the call, refer inquiring person or persons to the others who made this, to the other person who made that call. Do so respectfully, no matter what they may call you in the heat of the moment. Remember, they will likely be apologizing next week. Second correlation, Thou would be wise to remember that any call made, even a non-call, will always end up making someone mad. If it's the right call and thou knowest that it's the right call, make it and stand by it. Third correlation, sometimes the only right call to make is no call at all. This applies especially to the proverbial racing incident where no culpability can be assigned to any party involved. For example, accidents happen. And the tenth and most important, thou shalt always use double checkers for any feature race or any four wide parade laps. No exceptions unless you ha only have one hand in use. 
Well, that was interesting. I will tell you that. I didn't know I didn't know that they the flaggers had an oath, if you will, or the, the ten golden rules of flagging. I still want to know what the middle finger stands for. What does that tell you? What does that tell a driver? Well, I don't think it. I don't think it would be uh, coming from the flagman there. Uh, well, it might the flagman be. has nowhere to run, so you don't typically see a flagman gives a gives a finger. A uh, driver can climb up into that uh, little bitty cockpit or whatever that they the flaggers stand in. As a matter of fact, what is that platform called? It does. Has does it have a certain name? And being a flagger yourself, did you know that there is a certain size flag that you're supposed to use? And if so, what size is that flag? Um, for uh, I don't think as long as the flags you use are relatively visible to see. Most common flags are about 24 by 30 inches. Exactly. Um, exactly. You you nailed it. Good job. Good job, flagger. And usually when you and you'll see this with most flaggers, and I've done flagging this um this way too. Sometimes flaggers will have long rods on the end of their flags, but a lot of flaggers will have short rods. It's better to have short rods than long rods because the heavier to wave a flag, the longer your rod. Shut rods up, are. Craig. <laughs> well, I'm kind of giving I'm giving flag pointers, so Craig, comment to yourself. <laughs> yeah, you just knew that Craig was going to say something. <laughs> I'm giving out flag your pointers because I've done this from experience. So you want the shorter rods to kind of lighten the flags that you wave. The less weight you have, the better off you are. And you'll see them, and you see these rods are about the size of of a flagman's palm pretty much from side to side. If they have anything longer than that, props to them. They just want to build up muscle. Miss Lee said that, you know, flagging is an art form, and it really is. It is. Um, the There are very talented flaggers out there that are just as entertaining sometimes as the race. I like a flagman who can boogie-woogie. Uh, who throws his hip into it, one who leans over the side and, you know, uh, I like a double flag, I like a double flag, checker flag flagman. Uh, there's uh, one of the first things that I look at when I go to a racetrack, being an avid race fan that I am, I, w- I-, I want to see what their flagger does. A lot of times that flagger will tell me whether or not I'm at a decent facility or a, or a backwood half-ass facility. I like, honest to God, I like an animated flagger. I like somebody who, who's enthusiastic when they're waving those flags. I um, love that kind of flagger. Yeah, I do too. And, and I've not seen Taz flag that I can remember. Uh, but I know one of the past guests we've had on, Mr. Joe Chris, when he's waving that flag, it's like he's he's running to dinner. 
or he's running to a karaoke show because that flag is going 100 miles an hour. He wants them guys to see it. And Joe, Joe Chris, as you mentioned, he's one guy I've really looked up to in terms of flagging. I worked with him last year. I've also worked with Brandon Crutz, who's um, who's the head flagger at Dodge City Speedway on Friday nights and also the head flagger of Bethel Motor Speedway on Saturdays and, uh, and works with Joel Chris in the Short Track Super Series and at Georgetown Speedways. Uh, also does corner flagging at Glenridge Motorsports Park. So working with those, after working with those two last year and kind of looking up to them, being that uh, they have obviously a ton more experience than I do. Um, it's great to look up to those two, and I'm hoping maybe in the near future to work with them more often and make things work out. All right, well, I think we should do a picture this week at uh, the crapshoot uh, that is otherwise known as Daytona. But listen, I want to say something. I know we all clamored. We were talking about road courses and how we wanted more left left and right turns. And uh, I, I'm not 100% sure because I'm not looking at the schedule in front of me. But, God, I hope we're done with road courses for the year. No, we're not. Oh, shit, we got the Roval. You have Canadian Tire, or no, not Canadian Tire. I'm like, God, why do I want to go there? Oh. Oh, anyone want to fire me from that part yet? No, I'm just kidding. Um, we got the Roval. I think that's the only road course left. I'm double-checking at the moment. We only have one um, road course in the States, and that's the Roval. Yep. It's the Charlotte Roval because the trucks are done with road course racing. I believe Xfinity is on the same page with the Cup Series in terms of that as well. Uh, if it's Canadian yes, Tire Motorsports Park, I believe uh, they have uh, one road. That, that is the road course for the truck, Canadian Tire. <laughs> we have so, uh, Friday night, 7.30, the Xfinity, Wawa 250 on NBC Sports Network. And August 28th, Saturday night, the NASCAR Cup Series regular season finale, 7 p.m. Eastern for the Coke Zero Sugar 400 on the main NBC broadcast network. Well, I'm excited. I, I'm. This is going to be... Uh... <laughs> All right, so we'll start out with Miss Lee. She says she's going for a dinger for Xfinity and Harvick for a cup. God help her. Well, she picked Harvick, so you know he's going to wreck. Ow. I love this. I love Miss Lee, but it seems like whoever she picks doesn't do well. Oh, my gosh. And you should be upset. Who are you picking? And you should be upset, too, Chris. She's picking your guy. Oh, my gosh. No, we don't even want to talk about Hey, speaking of Harvick, he's locked in on points. Yeah, Yeah, he's locked in on points, but, you know, I just feel bad for him. Tyler Reddick, man. Tyler Reddick is the one. He has everything to lose. Oh, he does. But, 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 
Christopher Wallace. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Okay. Just imagine for a minute. Bubba Wallace actually wins a cup race. Craig, by some miracle, Miss Lee just said she's a restricted play racer. You know who he reminds me of at restricted play racing or or super speedway racing? You know who he reminds me of? Danica Patrick? Michael Walter. Woo! Well, that's a good comparison. Very good comparison. <laughs> it one. is a very good comparison. Now let's see if he can win a race before um, his, like, 20th season in Cup. <laughs> or however long, however long Mikey was in Cup before he won a race. It, it, most of our listeners probably don't know, but you, you, you had pneumonia two weeks ago. How are you doing? Well, you know, I still have uh, I still have the onset of it. I think I developed bronchitis now, so but that doesn't stop me from doing anything. Two weeks ago it was bad and I couldn't even talk. And this week is uh it's a little better. Last week and this week are a little better. So but thank you for asking. I had three events this past weekend and uh, one was a wedding and then I did a wedding fr- I did a wedding Saturday from two to seven and then played a bar event, a club event, at uh, uh, 9 o'clock that same night. So I pushed my luck. I feel I feel a lot better than I did two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I felt like I was dying. Two weeks ago, I was getting ready to call in reinforcements. Glad to, to right. hear you doing so, Thank you. We got Miss Lee's tips in. Let's hear from the from Chris and Craig. I'm going to make my picks last. Being I am a nice person and I am back to the point, please, fellas. Oh, does that mean you get to pick for? We were doing it. We were doing it. Whoever's uh, on the bottom, that's and the I SRX, think that's Miss Lee. That's the SRX way, but I'm being. But normally for NASCAR picks, we don't do it that way. But because I'm feeling generous. No, you're feeling generous. Yeah, this is a big talk. I'm feeling so generous, I might do a huge order from Walmart in Amsterdam ahead of time, just so you have to pick it all. (laughs) I'll cancel it. All right, Chris, we'll let you go. We'll go. We'll go young and old. Ah, experience. Experience should be the name of the game here. But we all know that it's Daytona and Talladega. You can't. You, there's just nothing factual that you can rely on. There's just nothing. It is a it is a spin the wheel type of uh, race. It's a race of survival. Um, uh, it's uh, you know, you just have to hope that you that you hit big, and you know, you, you tend to look at the guys who have uh, typically finished. Well, and in uh, speedways, restrict your play racing days. But now that the sport is so aggressive, uh, you you just uh, you know the sign of the times is what we've seen this past weekend in Michigan with Brett Keselowski uh, basically unintentionally punting Austin Dillon. But the reason why he punted him was because you know 
that's the style of driving that we have these days. So you, it's just the biggest thing of finishing a Daytona or Talladega race is finishing the race. With that being said, I mean, I look at the guys who have the most to lose or the most to gain. Tyler Reddick, man, Tyler Reddick. I, I'm not – I think I should get 20 bonus points if I pick the first-time winner. Tyler Reddick. Okay. That's, that's interesting. Okay. What you got for Xfinity? Um, uh, I think great. I really think that his resident picks are going to be Josh Berry from here on out. Every time Barry's running, you might as well just. All right. I'm sorry. Taking Josh Berry entering because I am. Oh, I don't. Last I knew, I didn't think he. I don't think he was, and that's back in the one apparently. But don't sleep on it. I don't see a Josh Berry on this list. Well, definitely not going to pick Daniel Hemrick. Uh, that guy gets wrecked every damn race. Austin Cindric seems to be, uh, you know. Uh, a good pick. He's probably going to be looking for a top finish. I'll tell you somebody on the cup side that I really have been impressed with over the last, like, four or five races. That's Chase Briscoe. Chase Briscoe, I believe, could be knocking on the door for his first win of the season. Coming up pretty soon here. Uh, but uh, back to the Xfinity side, guys, I'm, you know, the Dinger, man. We haven't talked enough about the Dinger. He's we haven't talked quit. about the Dinger. The dude's won. You know, Jerry Reed, when you're hot, you're hot, man. A.J. Allmendinger. There's three guys in the Xfinity Series right now that have separated themselves from the rest. Two of those guys have former Cup experience. You're talking Justin Haley. No, I'm talking Justin Algar and A.J. Allmendinger. Okay. So who's your go-to? Who are you going to get points out of? AJ. Okay. He's going to get the most. All righty. So we got two people going dinger. Well, you can make that three. What? Oh, my God. What? And now I'm really going to shock the shit out of you. You probably want to go get toilet paper. We talked about him earlier. I believe Chris talked about him earlier. Um, I was it was in a heads up between the guys that haven't won yet, between Ross Chastain in the 42 driving for the soon-to-be defunct Chip Ganassi Racing and a Stuart Haas entry. They used to be piloted by someone that looks like my younger brother, uh, but I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Cole Custer in wow. the 41 for Sunday. Wow! He's going to custard. It's get, get custard is what he says. He's, feel, he's feeling saucy with the custard. Yes, I'm just. Uh, I'm just I'm feeling another first-time winner, and 
I kind of agree with Chris. He can't be too. He can't be a good first-time winner twice. All right, so I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'm going to keep my pick, but I'll split. What are the points if the driver, if our driver wins, Taz? Points is for if your driver wins out of all of our picks. What? So essentially, it's twenty points regardless of where they finish for whoever's pick. Comes crosses the line first. We call bonus points for certain calls. So if Chris is saying he gets extra points for Tyler Reddick, a first-time winner, then I'll give him that bonus points. Craig, if you want to go on that deal too for Cole Custer, we'll go on that deal too. Nice. Right, well, but he's not a first-time winner. The Kyle Busch sweep. If he went with Chase Briscoe, that's a first-time winner. I, I have to challenge that. Cole Custer is not a first-time winner. He's already won. Oh, yeah, he Bo won Wallace last. is on that list. Matt Diamadetto is on that list. Chase Briscoe is on that list. Oh, uh, yeah. Cole Custer is not a first-time winner. Got a first-time All winner. right. So, I can test huh? the point. All right. I agree with Chris. I agree with Chris. That's that first-time winner. I didn't say uh, – I didn't say anything. I didn't. Uh, I, I have you to agree. Point on a sweep. Remember that? That was a sweep. So you were able to sweep. Right. You swept the weekend. The only the only time this year that a, that a driver's won was by Kyle Busch. 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 And guess what I got with my new 2021 Toyota Camry XSE. I got. You got a Kyle Busch hat. I got a. I got a free XM radio, XM series radio subscription for three months. So I've been listening to the morning drive. Well, I was actually listening to uh, the Godfather this evening. Yeah, his show's too corny for me. I just, I'm yeah, not here for all the stupid idiots. He, he, reminds, he reminds me a lot of Rush Limbaugh. You, he doesn't agree with you, he hangs up on you, and then makes fun of you. <laughs> But if you want to hear somebody look, sounds like they have a coke <laughs> habit, try listening to Chocolate Myers from one from twelve o'clock on. Oh my god! He does more of this, and I don't know if you can hear it when he's talking than anything. And it's always um, 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 um. Yeah, let's just do it. Let's let's do a recording of every time Chocolate Myers goes um. In a segment. As a matter of fact, let's make Race Chat Live huge based off of making fun of what Chocolate Myers does. But now, I love the Danielle Trotta and Larry Mack segment. That, that to me, is uh, one of the more uh, – I love Larry Mack, though. No, I do, too. I, I enjoy listening to Sirius anyway. But uh, but now, y'all need to check out Door Bumper Clear, man. Y'all need to, y'all need to adventure into the podcast world and listen to Door Can Bumper Clear. send us the link? Can you send us a link? I'll send you a link every week if you listen to it. Yes, sir. You send it. I'll make time. So we can learn something from the spotters. So I will go. I said I'll go with Cole Custer, and I remain. uh, That is going to be my pick. 
All right, so no bonus points for you on the line. That's all right. I was also thinking Ross Chastain, but, you know, I don't know how committed Chip Ganassi Racing is to getting a win and finishing the season strong. Well, I mean, he won a race the weekend that he announced he was selling the team, so. Yeah, well. Hey, we know Hendrick will not supply them with a good enough motor to win the championship, but Kirk could definitely be in a position to win at least another race or two. Yeah. My pick. All right, Cass. I was in the college stable, too, for Xfinity, but not in the driver that you guys are going with. And I mentioned his name earlier, and I thought Chris was going down this route, but he hit me with a curveball instead. Xfinity pick, I'm going with the hailstorm, Justin Haley. Yeah, that's a good pick there. Based off of past performance. He's a great super speedway racer. He's won a Daytona, not only in Xfinity, but also in Cup. But we can argue the Cup win there. Now, on the Cup side of things, I was looking at a couple drivers. They have not won yet this season. I was thinking, you know, Austin Dillon, he may live up to the pressure. He's won a Daytona before. He's one of the high... He has one of the higher, highest average finishes of all the active drivers. Bubba Wallace, shockingly, is up there, too. But that's not the direction I'm going. I'm going, with the, I'm going in the direction of first-time winner this season. He has won plenty of races before this year. He's had some very, very strong performances and unfortunately was robbed out of a couple wins in the last couple weeks, especially at Indy Road Course. And now you guys know where I'm going. I'm going with a guy who's won three Daytona 500s. He knows how to play chess in the, or he knows how to play chess in a checkers game at Daytona. I'm going with the hamster, Denny Hamlin. Wow. Well, he kind of needs a win. I mean, he's in, but I think he needs a. I think he needs a win. Just uh, I missed who he said. You missed who I said. Say that again. I'm going with the hamster, Denny Hamlin. Get it that time, Chris? (laughs) Like a FedEx package. <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm kind of shocked about your uh, your pick, Taz. What is his? Um, what about Denny makes you select him? I said it. He's the guy. He's kind of Denny Hamlin at Daytona is the. Is basically a Brad Keselowski at Talladega. You show up to a track where there's a lot of 
it's essentially a lottery, but you're showing up to a checkers game playing chess, and Denny Hamlin's got that figured out at Daytona. He, I mean, you can't argue the fact he's won three Daytona 500s. No, you can't. Besides Austin Dillon and Bubba Wallace, his average finish is pretty much up there with those two. And I was thinking Austin Dillon, but I feel like the pressure will get to him. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Denny's a good pick. <clears throat> I am kind of shocked. Uh, I think he needs to. I think he needs to win. Obviously, not to get in, but he needs a win for morale. Uh, I think that would be good for him. I don't know. I don't know he, how he uh, is handling the owner role. Maybe is that is that playing into the fact with him uh, with no wins this season? Who knows? And will he will he turn it on? Will he turn it on in the chase? Kind of hard to lock off pick based off the COVID situation. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. I I didn't think about it. I forgot about uh, the Delta variants because apparently Chuck Norris has not visited the NASCAR teams yet to protect them from the Delta variants. So guess who's going to Talladega in October? You are. Yep. 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 Well, we expect live videos. Roll Tide. I expect videos if... uh, Of the boobies or the racetrack? A racetrack. Oh, we don't go to we don't go to Talladega for the race. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now he gave us cozy nights. All right, so our picks are locked in, and unless driver our picks get out based upon COVID situation. <laughs> We'll probably change during the week, but as of right now, we've got Greg, Chris, and Miss Lee all gone the the dinger dinger for the Xfinity yeah. race. I have Justin Haley, Noah Gregson for Mr. CJ. On the Cup side, Mr. CJ Ryan, Kyle Busch, Craig with some extra custard sauce. Custard. I'm going with Denny Hamlin. Chris has Tyler Reddick, and Lee says Kevin Harvick. Oh, I was wondering if he was going to go. And next week, folks, we will do – we're going to do some testing this week. So if you see Race Chat Live pop up with some tests this week, you can join in if you want. Next week will be a roundtable discussion, meaning for what would normally be our guest half hour of the of the show, we are going to have our guest round. We're going to have a roundtable discussion of the NASCAR playoffs. If you guys have ever watched, I think it was a few years ago, Fox Sports do a 
what they called the war room, where round by round, a few analysts would pick drivers and move on to the next round and which drivers would be eliminated. We're going to do that similar thing. You'll hear our input. We'll, of course, get your guys' input. And we'll take your input into consideration into our decisions. But we, but we also want to see what you fans have to think as well of who's out and who's moving on. So we're going to do some testing this week, make sure everything goes well. And then next Monday night for our guest half hour segment, or what would be, is a roundtable segment for the round of 16 of our roundtable discussion playoffs, war room, whatever you want to call it. Join in on our Facebook Live for that, and we'll, we'll get it going. All right. Well, that's that. I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'll create the event for that, and uh, we're gonna work on some live stream stuff. Kaz, are you able to live stream off your YouTube? I'm sure I can figure it off. Figure it out. If I can't do race, if I can't do Facebook, I'll definitely go off YouTube. <laughs> well, we might be able to do it in a room um, on Facebook. So, well, no, I'm definitely interested to see how uh, Daytona's going to play out this week. Can you imagine if all three of us hit on the dinger, Taz? You're going to cry and probably want to go. You're probably going to want to cry and then just go with the masses, and that doesn't mean you get rid of the emperasses. You're going to want to follow the rest of us on the next (laughs) episode. Because I think you're going to eat your words, but that's that's me. And but anyway, Taz, if we ain't got anything else, let's get the hell out of here and go home. Chris, you want to do the podcast uh, plugins and I'll wrap things up. Sure, you can find us on iTunes, Apple. Uh, you can uh, find us on Google Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio. And many other networks. Thank you for listening to Race Chat Live this Monday night. We'll be back next Monday night, as uh, they said, with a special roundtable show. We hope that you will join us. As for Chris Creighton, Taz Taylor, Craig Moore, have a great evening. Good night. All right. Good night, everybody. Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Straightening the curve Planting the hills Someday the mountain might get them But the law never will Making their way Just a little bit more than the noble line. Just a good old boy. Wouldn't 
change if they could. Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.